This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a community access media station. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible. The information provided or any opinions expressed in this show are of a general nature only and should not be construed or relied on as a recommendation to invest in a financial product or class of financial products. You should seek financial advice specific to your circumstances from an authorised financial advisor before making any financial decisions. A disclosure statement can be obtained free of charge by calling 0800 878 You're listening to Radio Kidnappers, the voice of Hawke's Bay. This is a programme called Candy View. It's all about your finances and it's our pleasure as always to have in the studio... Nick from the Stewart Group right here in Hastings. How are you going, Nick? Very well, thank you. Great to be here with you. Now, you're the CEO of the Stewart Group. Being here in Hawke's Bay 35 years, that's a big gig. Boom. Yeah, amazing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's amazing how, how, how it um, rolls on by. If you had to reflect on those 35 years, what's been the biggest change in your industry? Biggest change would be, for us, would be that the relationship with clients moved from transactional to advice mm. because a lot of people historically would go to someone to buy or secure a product and it would be a transaction. It wouldn't be based on goals and objectives-based financial planning. Whereas now when we deal with people, they're actually wanting advice. They're not just wanting a transaction because yeah. anyone can facilitate sure. a transaction. There are platforms, you know, you can do it via an app. But to get advice... That is different. And look, the world has become more complex. People do, they're juggling more balls, they're spinning more plates. And on that basis, that's why there is the need for advice. Mm. And I must say, the one great thing about your organisation is I can look you up on the phone book and I can ring you with direct dial number and I can actually talk to someone there. I've been looking after <laughs> my mum's affairs over the last few months and just trying to get hold of her local bank. You cannot ring the local bank. You have to deal with someone in Auckland. Yeah. And when you finally get hold of them, they won't even give you the number of the local bank. Well, what does that tell you about? Yeah, well, it's just it's, it's, it's the way of the world. It's been moving that way, and then COVID has just put it on steroids yeah. and, and moved it forward much quicker. So people, you know, when you... As you say, you're used to dealing with a certain person at the local branch, and you know you'd see them at the sushi bar and say g'day. Whereas these days, you'll be dealing with a help desk, and you're given a ticket number, and there could be someone picking up and dealing with that ticket or your request across the whole country. Yeah. It's and they will never give you their direct dial or mobile. Exactly, and I think when you're talking money, it's a bit like talking health. You like to talk to your doctor face to face. You like to talk to the person. Across the counter, like you, come into your office, sit in your big yeah. plush chair and Correct. have well, a chin-wake. Well, and particularly when you're not just after facilitating a transaction, you're actually wanting some advice, mm. you're actually needing a little bit of guidance. That's very, very difficult when it's done you know, by a computer AI-generated advice or you're dealing with someone who you've never met and you don't know where they are and they don't know you. Absolutely. Which is a great segue into what we're going to talk about today, which is financial and mental well-being. Now, you wrote an article which is in the paper on yes. the 18th of September. Tell us about it. Well, well... It's money. It's um, mental health week this week. Yep. So we thought that it would be well worth, um, you know, delving into the fact that um, mental and financial well-being go hand in hand. Mm, yes, they do. Yeah, because look, we know that a you know financial stress is a major factor in many lives today, and it was a factor prior to COVID, and it's certainly a factor with COVID. 
and you know look some people are facing an uncertain future given the you know potential with a fairly significant potential impact on everyday life job and income yeah uh, we also know that you know just I'll give you a couple of stats just the um, some research by the Commission for Financial Capability uh, released to support Mel- the Mental Health Awareness Week shows that 69% of all Kiwis are concerned about their money, with that figure rising to 74% for women, with 82% of those being between the age of 18 and 34. Mm-hmm. So 82% of all uh, women aged 18 to 34 are very concerned uh, with their um, their money. Why aren't guys concerned to that extent? I actually don't know exactly. What, look, there's anecdotal evidence or reasons why that would be the case. It could be the fact that men are um, a little more cavalier and don't actually focus on it. I mean, you don't worry about something if you don't care. Um, but, but also it would be the fact that... Um, on average, and we know from some of the gender studies that um, that men typically earn a a little more. Yep. Yeah. And also, if you think about the fact that um, you know, with um, marriage separation, relationship breakdown, etc., it will often, you know, a lot of the burden will fall um, on the mother. Yes. And so, on that basis, you know, naturally, when we talk to uh, divorcees with young children. Um, and if the uh, custody and care is to go with the female, the uh, female is very, very aware of the um, fiscal or financial burden that that is uh, that is upon their shoulders. When I saw those statistics that you sent through uh, prior to you coming in, I thought, oh, I wonder what it's like in England. So I had a bit of a look over there, and, mm. and their figures were we're actually quite well off, uh, statistically wow. speaking, because ninety four percent of UK residents at the moment are suffering from money worries of which 59% of them rated as their biggest uh, cause of anxiety. So, I mean, we're just not in this boat on our own at the moment, are we? And do you no. put that down to COVID um, solely, or is it just that's the way it is? Well, the figures that I'd seen uh, in the United States and Canada were heading that way prior to COVID. Mm. The reason why um, I looked at those two nations is that you've got a fairly high debt load and you've got a lot of everyday items are, well, not everyday items, but a lot of items are funded through finance. Yes. So, for example, you know, um, a significant portion of the vehicle fleet in those countries is financed. Um, quite a lot of overseas holidays are financed. Um, boats and jet skis are financed. Now, if now, it's not to say that funding some of those things on finance is a bad thing. That is, a, mm. it's a question of preference. But the fact is that every time you put a little bit more sail up on your ship and you borrow a little bit more money, when it really, really blows, this you know the ship can topple yeah, over. Sure. So effectively, if you're if you financed your car, you financed your boat, you financed your jet ski, and you'd put your trip to the Caribbean on a credit card, yeah. and then you lost a job or one of uh, either you or your spouse lost your job or you were furloughed and had a pay cut then you've now got an issue so so with the Canadian and US market where that is quite prevalent what i just explained that kind of debt load factor even if the cost of finance is actually quite cheap or low um versus historical norms you've still got the debt to service yeah. and ultimately repay that's an undisputable fact that you've just mentioned there, but there would hardly be a person listening to this program that either one isn't now uh, owing some money to someone or two hasn't owed money to someone in yes. the past because 
tell you what amazed me was when we were in the first lockdown, and uh, particularly in America, it showed you uh, kilometers of queues of people waiting to get food bags, and they were coming in the most luxurious cars, and you think, yeah. my God, obviously they don't own those cars, yeah. perhaps they're yeah. all on a lease, but I mean, you're not advocating don't get stuff on credit, eh? because otherwise you'd never get anything. Yeah, well, because, yeah, for example, if you, to secure your job, you needed a car, then it's a positive to have borrowed to get the car to get the job mm. because you're going to move ahead because you know you're going to make a margin on the finance to engage your human capital um but the fact is there are some people where these are depreciating assets and it's purely for lifestyle that's that's a, sure. that's akin to that kind of robert kiyosaki good debt bad debt yeah i mean if you're borrowing for the car so you can get the new job because you've got to do a commute and you're empowering yourself um, into a higher wage bracket, then that would be positive. Yeah. I suppose it would help to have a crystal ball, but, I mean, if we were having this talk in um, November last year, there's no way we'd be thinking that uh, no. the, the poo was going to hit the fan like it has. So how do, you, um, how do you put aside for this sort of – how do you factor this into the economy or into your savings or into your household budget? You can't, can you? Well, a, a global pandemic is very difficult for people to even fathom, yeah. uh, let alone start to plan for. Um, I mean, they can plan for it now because they know what it's like. Yeah, but, right. um, but, but as you're saying, you know, back in November, if you're looking forward, um, you know, back then, you know, people had a certain amount of capital that they yeah. may have held in a reserve account. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I would say at the present time, people have increased their safety net or their you know, comfort blanket on how much capital they want to hold as a reserve. Just because they've now been through a global pandemic, they know what it feels like, they know the pain. Many are still living in that right now. They're still in the storm. They're not out of it. They're not living in lovely Hawke's Bay like we are. Yeah. They, you know, they've, they're at a higher level of lockdown to us. Well, I mean, it was bad enough being in our COVID lockdown four. Now we're coming out of it, and hopefully, as we speak this week, we'll be back in level one. But we're now officially in recession. So what's that going to do for our mental well-being? Yeah, yeah, um, a, a very, very good point, because a lot of people knew that there was some pain, but until it's actually official, even though it yeah. comes out months after, for, for example, we, we only found out last week that we're in recession. Well, those numbers were actually to the 30th of June. Mm. Well, 30th of June was quite some time ago yeah. now. Um, in fact, you know, you know, heavens, we're only uh, two weeks away and we're into the, you know, we're into another quarter. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's a two and a half months post event, but it has a psychological effect on people about being told, hey, you know, things are bad. You know, a little bit like the, um, there was always, you know, now please excuse me if you've heard the little, little tale, but you know, there was always, there was always that story I was told as a kid about the self-fulfilling prophecy with the, with the young kid with the lemonade stand. And on the basis that, you know, the little kid's got his little sign up and he's paid for a little bit of advertising and it's got a nice little screen print. And the father says, yeah, I'm not sure you should be advertising. Didn't you know we're in recession? <laughs> and the little kid said, what, what do you mean? Well, what's a recession? And it's like the father said, well, well, because at the moment people aren't spending money. And so it means you're going to spend the money on the sign. And then, you know, you're, it's going to be wasted capital because people aren't going to be buying a lemonade because they've got, they don't have, you know, those few gold coins they had rolling around in their, uh, in their hip pocket on a, on a, on a warm Saturday afternoon just aren't there. So of course the little kid says, Oh, well, I won't replace the sign then for next week because, you know, and of course you take the sign down, the sales yeah. decline and it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's kind of like that on the basis that at the moment, 
you're two and a half months soon, three months post us being confirmed that we were in recession from January through to June. So if you were to take that approach and bolt everything down now and wind back the expenditure and head for the hills, you know, ostrich, a head in the sand sort of mentality, then, yeah, sales revenue will decline and it is a self-fulfilling prophecy. Is it as simple as that? Keep the sign up for the uh, lemonade and we'll be right. <laughs> <laughs> well, certainly, certainly in any market, good or bad, there are those that will win, that yes. will win and come out better, and there are those that will do poorly. It's like a bell-shaped curve. There are the winners, the losers, and a whole lot of people in the middle yeah. who are just, you know, you know, paddling paddling away, but not, you know, not either beating the incoming tide. Um, but certainly, it is hard. It confirms what people thought. It does make them anxious because they can't see through the fact that this actually occurred some time ago. All they see is the headline today. Yeah. Um, part of the article I was reading in the UK, mm. and I guess it's relevant to here, might even be a similar statistic, is that in the UK, one out of three people have to rely solely on a pension. And they may well own their own homes, which brings me yes. to the real question I was going to ask you is that, it seems to me a few years ago you heard about reverse mortgages. Yes. And uh, being currently advertised um, on local radio mm. is, um, you know, hey, get a reverse mortgage, uh, you know, and get those things that you really want. Like, you know, we were just talking about <laughs> camper vans. Tell us the good and bad things about reverse mortgages. If, we, if, we're, if, if we're in a bit of a hole at the moment and uh, we're finding things tough and we own our house, we've mm. got a whole lot of equity in there, and we need to get right these rough, uh, rough times out, are reverse mortgages the way to do it? Well, for some people, they are. They are appropriate. They do work well. So if I said to you, Ken, that you, let's say, for some personal need or want for your mental health and well-being and for you to help your family, you needed $25,000. You don't have twenty five. let us say, you don't have $25,000 outside the family home and you own your home debt-free, then you have few choices. Because you can either go and borrow at most likely a fairly, well, you know, a personal loan at a higher uh, interest rate versus taking the, um, you know, the, you know, reverse mortgage against the home at, at a reasonable rate and it would allow you to, to meet those needs and wants that you have as a person, which, you know, may be the difference between having to actually sell the house and downsizing. Mm. So for some people, they find that it is actually better that they borrow against their home. Because the alternative is they have to realise the home, incur real estate fees, yep. legal fees, and a fairly large mental upheaval. Because shifting, you know, what do they put? Shifting up there in the top three yeah. most stressful things that one can do. You know, second only, what do they say to divorce? And um, I think in the top three was having to speak in public. <laughs> <laughs> I can understand that too. <laughs> So you can see why some people just say, hey, the reverse mortgage is the way to go because the alternative is a fairly large amount of cost and disruption. And, you know, we are in, you know, um, we are in mental health awareness week. Yeah. And certainly being forced to, uh, forced to sell your home and transition in this current hot property market would be very stressful. So is there a downside to those reverse mortgages? It sounds all pretty good to me that what you've just been talking about. With advice and knowing that you have a plan and that it is sustainable, yep. because the worst thing you can do is that you sign up for something that you do not really understand and that possibly your your need was more a want, yep. a nice to have, 
and possibly could have been foregone or an alternative could have been arranged? Okay, so we're we're in the rainy day now. You know, people say save for a rainy day. Well, the rainy day is here, yes. and, it's, and it's easy to say that we should be saving for a rainy day. But um, just take take us back to the beginning, bearing in mind what's happening to us now. What are some of the tools that we could be using um, for the next rainy day? So let's presume that we're, yeah. we come out of it. We're sort of back on the track. What should we be doing, knowing that you know our lives could be in turmoil? Sure. Yeah, well, um, the first thing would be to, um, again, seek some advice, uh, either from a financial advisor, financial planner, or um, if you have an accountant, and sitting down and going through expenditure. Yeah. Like, you know, what are the things that are flexible? What can be deferred? What can be put on hold? Because a lot of people, when you actually go through their expenditure, they, they're very, very surprised that they actually spend that amount of money. Mm. They just, they've never actually sat down and gone through that. They'll spend, wow, they'll spend a week planning their next summer holiday. Yep. But they struggle to sit down and go through for an evening and just simply downloading in a CSV file. Like you can download from your mm. bank all your transactions, code them up, and just get an idea where does the money go? Yeah. And, and then you can sit there and you go, what levers do we have to pull? Because a lot of people in COVID found that when they weren't eating out every lunch, lunchtime, they were, you know, they were making their lunch at home. They were having um, some filter coffee at home rather than their yeah. two lattes a day. A lot of people found that they actually had a lot more free cash flow than they, than they had ever had before. And that just tells you, and that was forced, that was forced behavior. I wonder, uh, Nick, is it easy to say safe for a rainy day? Because I, I know a couple of my own girls, my daughters, mm. uh, you know, they're, they're hardworking uh, women. They've got families. They're, uh, they're solo mamas, but they're living day to day. Yeah. You know, the rent's um, 500 bucks a week. Yes. We've talked about it before. Yeah. And uh, when they do the sums at the end of it, they've got a little bit left over. But, you know, if they blew a motor in their car. Uh, yes, correct. They, you know, they wouldn't yeah. be able to pay for it. So what are some of the plans that someone who's living on the edge can do moving forward, bearing in mind mental uh, yes. well-being and that yeah. sort of thing. Geez, where's the money come from? Well, that's when you've got to sit there and you say, well, you know, the rent that I'm paying is the area that I'm in. Is it is it beyond my capability mm. in terms of earning, or can I accelerate my earning capacity somehow? Because when when the rent takes up a really large wedge of post-tax income, mm. that is a bind. Yeah. And that is that is extremely difficult to have any wriggle room. Yeah, yeah, and and, it's, and and there are a lot of people in society that are being pushed into that at the moment. We've got, um, you know, that you know, there is evidence at the moment that you know rents are increasing, mm-hmm. and this is off the back of um, you know record property prices across across most regions in the country. In fact, I think all regions have gone up, other than that kind of um, Queenstown, Wanaka Lakes area. Everything's been humming along really well, and with that, rents. What's and, a, yeah, and yeah. that's difficult for people yeah. in an area where, sorry, in a period where we have little to no wage inflation. Exactly. And so uh, wages remain fixed, but your a major wedge of your expenditure is increasing, mm, being rent. Exactly. And I know, well, just on the rent rent point, one of my girls is looking around, but there's nothing cheaper than where they are. It's just a, a nightmare trying to. To try to get uh, that sort of thing. What's your best bit of advice to someone who might be struggling at the moment with their finances? What would you suggest that they do uh, in relation to their creditors? 
Well, the first thing is if they've got issues with creditors, is that they should engage with the creditors yes. immediately. Uh, they should seek some advice. Uh, you know, for example, if you've got a significant um, amount of creditors, often it's someone who actually does have an accountant, mm-hmm. so they should be engaging, seeking that professional advice to assist them. But certainly, front-footing these things rather than you know the proverbial heading for the hills. Yeah. Because um, you know debts, and it goes back to that kind of the mental health. That is with you. Mm. It's sitting. It's mm-hmm. you're carrying it on your back. Yep. It's with you. You need to get on top of it, own it, and and when I mean own it, mentally own it and understand it. Because at the moment you've got interest rates are have come down a long way. They're forecast to come down a little bit further, and there is a means of people to get out of their hole if they think about it appropriately and they seek advice. Although we did talk a couple of weeks back about uh, although money is readily available, mm. the banks aren't necessarily making that money readily available to people who might need it, are they? <laughs> no, well, um, look, you know, banks um, naturally are um, inherently prudent lenders yes. um, because a bank that is not a prudent lender won't be a bank for very long. No. Um, you know, you know, if your um, if your lending habits are poor, you're normally removed from your <laughs> from your role <laughs> or the. Uh, or the market um, moves moves away from you pretty quickly. What about uh, yeah. what about people who are sitting on Kiwi Savvy? You know, you know mm. even a young person, thirty, thirty five, uh, they might be out of work, but they've got ten or fifteen grand sitting in their Kiwi Saver. Can they come along to you for a bit of advice? And say, look, I want to put my hands on some of that money. Is that possible for them to do that? Yeah, it is possible for people to get their hands on their Kiwi Saver. They would need to go through. Well, you know, of course there are. Let's just go through the ways you can get money out of Kiwi Saver. One is a. Um, Hardship claim, mm-hmm. severe hardship. Now that's, um, you know, to prove that you have severe hardship is um, is not that easy. You know, you actually do. You know, it's it's more than just oh look, I you know I don't have enough money. I wasn't able to um, pay for my gym membership last month. Yeah. You know, this is you know this is severe. This is where you, you have to prove to the trustee that you uh, have an issue and there's. Um, forms that need to be completed and evidence that needs to be supplied, but it can be done. The other is you get the cash out for your um, first home withdrawal, yep. or the other is you retire, or the fourth, which we have touched on, is that, of course, people die yes. and their KiwiSaver is paid out. So when you say hardship, I mean, we'd have to go along and say, look, uh, you, and you mentioned the gym, which is a good point, uh, but it's, uh, look, I can't afford to buy the food. I can't afford to buy uh, to pay the power because these are my income. This is my income. These are my outgoings, and none of them are the gym, and none of them are lattes, and none of them are, yes. you know, big leg of pork. Yeah. yeah. Is the um, Each trustee is different, um, but for the most part, we've found that trustees for people who have fallen on really hard times in other words you know they they have debts and they have lost their job and there is a major issue and they have no other financial means that the trustee has been um very forthcoming in giving either full or partial withdrawal yeah it's just a process that needs to be gone through and the process is normally gone through with uh if if in their KiwiSaver they have a financial advisor they process it with their financial advisor or directly with the scheme that they are invested sure. Is there a limit? Can you take the whole lot or can you only get a part of it? It depends. Oh, well, um, there is a small portion that you can't get out, um, but for all of your own contributions, uh, you are able to. 
but of course with the sign off from the trustee. Yeah. And is it uh, prudent, for instance, someone is suffering? We've got a couple of minutes. Is it prudent for someone mm. who's um, suffering financially to take a break from paying into KiwiSaver? Yeah, yeah, certainly. Well, if you are going to be paying into KiwiSaver and it means that you are unable to meet your other obligations, then yeah, you should cease those contributions for a period of time, suspend them, yep. whilst you right the ship. You know, whilst you get get things back back under control, because there's effectively, you know. There is little point saving when you are going backwards sure. in another area. Is that easy to do? Put your um, Kiwi Saver on hold. It's very easy to do, but I uh, I put a cautionary note on it because a lot of people they then when when things get when they do write the ship and they do get through they don't recommence. Yeah. So that so effectively, unfortunately, they then miss miss the upside. They miss the upside in the form of the government. Um, top up, they miss the contributions from their employer and they're not saving themselves. So yes, it is a good thing to do to suspend for a, sh- for a short period of time, but in the long term, it, it is fiscally negative. Yeah. Good on you, Nick. Pleasure as always to talk with you. Just remind our listeners, we want to come and see you for some sound financial advice. Where are you? We are at 204 Academy Road in Hastings and on the terrace in Wellington. In Hastings, we've got the black basalt stone building with the big tartan logo. You can't miss it. Good on you, Nick. We'll talk to you same time, same place next time. Look forward to it. The information provided or any opinions expressed in this show are of a general nature only and should not be construed or relied on as a recommendation to invest in a financial product or class of financial products. You should seek financial advice specific to your circumstances from an authorised financial advisor before making any financial decisions. A disclosure statement can be obtained free of charge by calling 0800 878 961. This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a community access media station. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible.